John chapter 1, we're going to read 10 verses, and then we're going to hop to John 8, read one verse, then we're going to pray, and we'll get into it today. John 1, starting in verse 1, says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. Come on, what purpose does light have but to shine in the darkness? And the darkness has not overcome it. Come on, how many of you know light wins every time? Light wins every time. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light. Everybody say true light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world uh, was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Who is him? John 8 verse 12, Jesus then spoke to the people and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light of life. I want you to underline that phrase if you can. Light of life. Today I want to bring a message to you entitled, Lift the Shade. Lift the Shade. Lift the Shade. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us. God, we pray that today we would hear from heaven and we would have our eyes open to see you as the light of the world. Jesus, that's how you revealed yourself. Help us today to catch a glimpse of who you are so that we might walk fully after you, committed to you, and reflecting who you are in the world that we live in. We thank you that light wins and darkness doesn't overcome the light. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... There's a conversation that happens often in my house. It's not really a conversation. It's more of a command. And the command goes something like this. It's too dark in here. Somebody open the curtains. And it happened again just recently this last week. We were on vacation spending some time as a family together. And my wife was cooking in the kitchen making breakfast for everybody. She's such a wonderful cook, as you can tell. Uh, and I'm grateful for her. And uh, But she was cooking, and uh, we were in this room, and she says, it is too dark in here. Somebody open the curtains. I need some sunlight. And since she was cooking breakfast, we were all happy to oblige her. And whatever she says, because, come on, if mama ain't happy, y'all, come on. We opened them things up. In came the sunlight. And it was just an immediate mood change. It was a great thing. We love having natural light shining in our house. I think for many of us, we like light shining in our lives. But for many people, there is a lot of darkness that surrounds them still. I think for a lot of people, we... We, we could easily identify, and maybe you've been in a place, maybe you're in a place right now where you would even be able to identify the fact that there is some, some despair, some disappointment maybe, some discouragement, maybe even some depression that creeps in and creates this dark cloud over 
our lives. I think sometimes we also live not only surrounded by darkness, but in some cases we like to drop the shade over some things in our lives on our own. Uh, we, when, when we fail in life, we don't really want other people to see our failures, so we justify it. We make excuses about it. We promise never to do it again, but our fingers are crossed behind our back knowing that we really will. And these failures become like this mark and we don't want people to see our failures. And so we just kind of shade them. We cover them. We color them. We, we even Christianize them and put on a Christian face. And we don't really want to deal with those failures. We just want to sh- throw some shade and drop some shade over those failures. I think sometimes we like to, to drop a shade and cover over our weaknesses. These aren't sins. These are just things that maybe we're not as strong at in our life. They're not a strong point in our life. There are things in my own life that I know and recognize are weaknesses that oftentimes for many years I would drop a shade over them and hoping nobody would ever see that weakness in my life. And I would try and overcome it, try and compensate for it, try and, try and stretch to, to, to distract other people from it. But the reality was it was a weakness in my life. And until I addressed that weakness... It still was a weakness and I can't cover it up. But the good news is that God isn't looking for people who are void of weakness. He's looking for people who his strength could be made perfect within their weakness. And God often will use the weaknesses that you perceive about your own life to be the greatest platform for his glory to be seen. That was a great place to say amen. And y'all missed it. Trying to bring a little light into your life, but we are too busy covering the shades over our weaknesses and we're not willing to walk honestly about them in such a way that allows the light in. And so we try and close the light out in certain things in our lives. Uh, There's another area I've noticed that a lot of times we like to drop the shade over and that is in the area of our successes and our wealth. If we're succeeding... If we're walking in the blessing of God, there are a lot of people who want to downplay the blessing of God in their life because they don't know what other people might think. They don't want to deal with the comments that people might say about them. They don't want to deal with the assumptions that people might have about them so that they don't live generously. They don't live, uh, uh, they don't live in a way that would honor God. They just kind of downplay the things that God has done in their life. They downplay the success that they've had in their life. They downplay the blessing of God in their lives. And they're like, oh, that old thing, that's, not, that's nothing. I got that at the sale. And we downplay some of the things that God has blessed us with because we don't want to deal with the criticism or perhaps comparison from other people. So we just drop the shade over even the good things that God has done in our lives. Friends, I think it's time that we lift the shade. I think it's time that we lift the shade. I think it's time that we stop ignoring certain things in our lives. Like a kid who's trying to clean their room, but they just shove everything under the bed or in the closet. Come on. It's time to stop ignoring some things. It's time to lift the shade and let's deal with some of the things in our lives. It's time to lift the shade and let the light of the world shine in every nook and cranny and crevice of our heart and our lives and in our families. Whether it's a good family history or a broken family history, let's let the light of Jesus shine through it and bring life... Where the light shines, because where there is light, there is life. Here's the good news today. Jesus is the light of the world. 
That's who he is. This is a metaphor. This metaphor of light shows up all through scripture. And this one metaphor reveals the very mission of Christ. The fact that Jesus revealed his identity as the light of the world revealed a component of the mission that he was on. In other words, it's not that like Jesus literally showed up and like radiated like a glowing, uh, 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 what's those little thing, uh, firefly all the time, right? It's not like Jesus walked around like this beam that always was beaming from Jesus while he walked the earth. No, he was speaking metaphorically about the mission that he was on. But he also was speaking accurately in a theological perspective because when the light showed up, it removed darkness once and for all or the power of darkness once and for all. You could summarize this entire book in this one phrase, darkness into light. The very beginning of the book in Genesis, it says that in the beginning, there was darkness that covered the face of the earth. Darkness, Genesis 1.1. Fast forward all the way to the book of Revelation where we have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is and it talks about the new heaven and a new earth and there is a light that never burns out. It is the glory of God revealed that brightens the city of God forever. Darkness in the beginning, light in the end. Darkness to life. Your entire Christian journey, the life of faith, this journey of following Jesus, it's summarized and articulated in this very same way. Darkness becomes light. Dead becomes alive again. It's this dark to light. It's a metaphor that reveals this mission that Jesus was on. But as Christians, we have to be careful not to mix the metaphor. As Christians, we can't make the metaphor say something that it isn't saying. See, because the light of Jesus isn't a searchlight to spotlight other people's wrongdoings. That's not the light that Jesus is. Don't mix the metaphors. See, the light is not a blinding light. The light is not a distracting light. If your Christianity is distracting people from seeing God, you're doing it wrong. Because he's the light of the world, not a distracting light that blinds people, that takes them off course and distracts them from following the pursuit of who Jesus is. It's not a hidden light and it's not a destructive light. It's not a laser light pointing out inconsistencies in other people's lives, other ideologies or other thought processes. No, it's a light that illuminates what life looks like. He is the light of the world. And it is a light that is best understood perhaps in this way. And if you're taking notes, you should write this down. And if you're not taking notes, well, I think you should write this down. And that's this, that Jesus is a light that overcomes the darkness. That's really good news, guys. Jesus is the light that overcomes darkness. All through scripture, darkness is a metaphor for things like sin. And sickness, evil, even ignorance, an absence of God, if you will. That's what the darkness often is represented. But what's good to know is that according to John 8, 
verse 12, Jesus himself said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, which simply means this, that if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've opened up the shade of your heart to let the light of the world in, there is no shade that the enemy can throw your way to keep you from realizing that Jesus is the light that's illuminated your heart. In other words, darkness doesn't have a chance to control your life anymore because the light of the world is already in your world. In other words, the sin, the sickness, the death, the depression, the sadness, all of those things must go because the light of the world has shown up because you lift the shade and let the light come in. The enemy can't keep you down because light always overcomes darkness. Darkness isn't a power in and of itself. I want you to think about this. Darkness is only the absence of a light. Which is why the minute light shows up, even a little candle that is lit disperses darkness. Even a little flicker of light is stronger than the darkest night. I love a good sunrise. We lived in uh, the East Coast for uh, over 13 years and on many occasions got to spend some time at the beach. And I love being on the East Coast at the beach at sunrise. There is nothing like watching the light of the sun of the world begin to break forth in the dawn and begin to creep and peek up over the horizon as darkness begins to dispel, as darkness begins to scatter because there's a dawn, there's a light that is beginning to shine. I love how the Bible says that joy comes in the morning. See, it doesn't matter if you're in a really dark time of your life. Can I give you a little bit of encouragement? In just a few hours, the sun is going to start shining again. Darkness will begin to flee literally in our world because the sun begins to shine and rise. I love how Isaiah 9 says it like this. It says, the people walking in darkness have now seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has shined. What is that light? Who is that light? It is the light of the world. It is Jesus Christ. And darkness cannot stay where light is allowed in. He's the light of the world. He's the light of the world. If you're taking notes, I want to bring out this next kind of thought. Not only does light overcome darkness, but here's another key component about Jesus' identity. Light makes visible. Light makes visible. You might be sitting there saying, Pastor, that's, that's really deep thought. You spent a lot of time eating cereal and coming up with that one right there. It's a way to go. Good thought. Light makes visible. Of course I can see better in the light. I should share with you that we were uh, in a va- on some vacation this week. And uh, by the end of the week, it was one of those things where I could find my way around the room in the dark. I didn't need lights on to find my way to the bathroom early in, in the morning. Didn't need it. In fact, it was so weird. I woke up for the first time in our house, woke up, the lights were off, and I had to pause, be like, oh, which way to the bathroom? Hold on. Wait, it's dark. I don't see anything. I, I, there's no visibility right now. Sleep is covering my eyes for sure. And I really don't want to change it because I really want to get back in my bed and sleep some more. And so I like had 
had this disorienting moment because I couldn't see clearly. Friends, when the light shows up, when you lift the shade and allow the light of the world into your life, when you begin to recognize that Jesus is the very light that you need in your life, he begins to make visible things that didn't used to be visible. He makes visible things that used to be invisible. Think about it like this. No one has ever seen God. He's invisible. We've had glimmers and glimpses and Moses got the closest. In the Old Testament, the character by the name of Moses got got close to God. God showed up one time, talked to him through a bush that was on fire. That was a pretty trip. I don't know. He was, it just happened. It was kind of weird, but it happened. And God spoke to him through this bush that was ablaze that didn't actually get consumed. It was just on fire. And a little later on in Moses' life, the Bible says he went up to the mountaintop and he met with God face to face. Doesn't really describe God much. All that we know is from that one encounter, Moses came back down having a shade. Catch it, friends. A shade over his face because it was so bright still. God was invisible to the world around until Jesus showed up, put on flesh and blood, deciding to live life not as a heavenly deity, but as a man stripped of his God powers in full humanity to walk around the earth to make visible the invisible God. And when he showed up and says, I am the light of the world, he literally was saying, look at me and you can see my father. And he said it again and again and again all throughout his time on earth. Hey, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hey, if you heard from me, you've heard from my Father. Hey, if I'm doing it, know that it's my Father's will. I don't do anything apart from what my Father wants me to do. Listen, if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. Why? Because he was the light of the world. And that light made what was invisible now visible to man. And the good news is that we get to partner in this as well. We get the light in us. And as the light shines in us, other people begin to see the Jesus that we love. We've got to stop distorting the light, though, so that the light can get through. We've got to keep lifting the shade in our own lives so that people can see the Jesus illuminating through our lives. It's like this light bulb goes off and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Everything that God had been saying in the Old Testament begins to make sense in the New Testament. Why? Because the light showed up and made it visible again. All of the sacrifices and, and, and ceremonies and all of the laws and all of those things in the Old Testament that seems really confusing. And we wonder, is God schizophrenic? Like, are these really two different people? Like, I don't like the God of the Old Testament. It's kind of scary. But I like the God of the New Testament. He's loving and wonderful. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But what you need to understand is all of the Old Testament was a foreshadow or it was a directional point to something that would come later. And that thing that would come later was Jesus. And when Jesus became the light of the world, when the light bulb went off, everybody had an aha. That's what atonement's all about. Aha, that's why we had to use a lamb because he's called the lamb of God who takes you. Oh, that's why we have this Passover meal because Jesus was gonna do something and, and now all of a sudden it's his cross that overshadows our sin rather than the shadowing of it. And oh, I get it now, I get it now. And everything began to make sense as you look backwards because light came on. And everything that was invisible now became visible in the person of Jesus because he's the light of the world and that light makes invisible visible. 
he makes things visible again. I love uh, photography. I, uh, I'm not good at it, but I like it a lot. In fact, I would rather go to a gallery of, uh, of great photos and see a gallery where people have taken pictures and tell stories and you get such a strong emotion that I, I love that kind of stuff. I'm always intrigued by it. Again, not real good with it. But what I do understand thus far about it is that there is something that makes a great photo is something called exposure. And when a photo has the right kind of exposure to light, something beautiful is captured. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Track with me for just a minute. Let's geek out together, okay? They used to take this thing called film, which had no visible anything in it, right? Some of you are like, film? Don't you just scroll through and hit delete? No, there was a different way first. <laughs> Got to back it up a little bit. Like the, the 35 millimeter stuff, like they used to like strings and strings of these things, right? And they would take this, this film, where they had captured an image, but the image was invisible. And so they took it in a dark room, and in this darker room, they began to expose it to certain light. And at the right light, what was invisible became visible. It's this, it's this process where they would transform a latent image into something visible, making the image permanent. That's how they would develop film. Now, a latent image was an invisible image that produced, that is produced by exposure to light. Friends, when you get the exposure to the light of the world, the invisible characteristics of God become permanently visible in your life. And everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness, God has placed in you in the form of his son, which is the light of the world. That's good news. That's good stuff. That's really smart stuff. Y'all should be impressed by that. (laughs) Friends, even in your darkest moments, the right exposure to the light of the world will create a beautiful masterpiece that God will put on the world to see his glory and beauty in your life. That means if you thought something was insignificant, God says, I can make it count for his kingdom. If you thought something was unworth, was worthless, God says, I will turn you into a masterpiece that beholds the beauty of God. If you will be willing to expose your heart to the light of the world, something invisible can be made visible and God will sear and seal and permanently set his son's image in your life. That's what we call salvation. That's what we call salvation. There's something beautiful that happens when joy triumphs over sadness. His image begins to be permanently seared in our personalities. This week in your connect groups, uh, you're going to read a passage in Romans chapter 12 where it lists all these different motivational gifts. These what's really called gifts from God or gifts of the father. And innate in every human being is the fingerprint and identity of God. Why? Because you were made in his image. 
But it's not until you allow the light of the world into your life that that fingerprint begins to be seen. See, there are certain things that you are hardwired, motivations that you have in your heart. Some of you are motivated by mercy. Some of you are motivated by helping teach and other people to learn some things. Some of you are motivated internally in you, this, this ability to naturally lead and influence and help point people in the right direction and rally people around. And some of you have this ability to just walk with other people compassionately and shepherd them. Some of you are amazing listeners and counselors and people are always coming to you for advice. Why? Because that's the identity of God that's been placed in your life from the time you were born. But it's not until you really allow the light of the world to show up that it becomes visible to the people around you, including yourself. There's something amazing that takes place when you begin to discover who God has made you to be. I don't know, as soon as I started talking about exposure, everybody kind of got a little nervous. Because all of a sudden, we, you start thinking about, well, what about, what about the things that I don't want exposed? What about the sins? What about the attitudes and the habits and the opinions that I have? What, what about those things? I mean, some of those things, if I'm being honest, they don't reflect Jesus at all. And I don't really want people to see those things. And I definitely don't want to expose them. Friends, the greatest thing you could do is allow the love of Jesus to come and cover even the darkest, grotesque of your sins. Things only grow nasty in the dark. And the longer you keep those things in the dark, the more nasty they become. Don't let... Let me say it a different way. Lift the shade... Let Jesus point out and illuminate sometimes attitudes, actions, habits, patterns of thinking and living, things that need to be exposed and understood. Let the light in and let him say, hey, here's this thing. But friends, can I let you know there's something warm that takes place when the light begins to shine. There's something warm and comforting that begins to happen in your life when when the light starts to shine. It's not this conviction. It's not a spotlight where you feel negative and condemned. No, that's not how Jesus works. He shines a light on that thing, but then you will quickly realize that it is a cross that overshadows that sin. And when you confess it to the Lord, when you expose it to God and say, God, here's pride in my heart. It's not been good. The Bible says he's faithful and just and he forgives and he removes and he erases and he makes it go away. When you begin to expose and say, God, I've been lying all over the place. I feel like I've been living a duplicitous life. I'm one thing in one place and in another environment, I act another way. I'm one way with my friends at school and I'm in another way when I'm in my house with my parents. God, it's not what God has for you. If you begin to expose that to the Lord and say, God, here it is. Let your light in. I want to lift the shade. I don't want to live in hiding. I don't want to live in darkness anymore. I want to lift the shade. Something happens. Miraculous. God begins to produce life Again, in us. Because it's the invisible thing sometimes that will eat away at your existence until you make it visible to God. And when you confess it to the Lord, there is healing, forgiveness, and restoration that is made before God. It's a beautiful thing to begin to walk honestly and even transparently before God. Allowing those things to be seen by God. Here's the last thought today. And it's going to set up the big idea for the whole message. Here's this. Jesus is the light that gives 
life. Jesus is the light that gives life. He says again, John 8 verse 12, right there at the end, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Because the light of Jesus, when you lift the shades, he will shine in you in a way that produces real life. The sun that we have, the star that glows in the sky, that rises in in the east and it sets in the west, its sunlight produces life on our earth. Not to get all Bill Nye the science guy on you, but God created it that way. Not that Bill Nye would admit that yet. But when the sun begins to shine, life begins to be produced in the vegetation in the world around us. In fact, did you know that the reason trees grow vertically is because they're trying to get as close as they can to the sunlight? In fact, the branches, forgive me, the leaves on the branches were designed in such a way to be like a net that catches the rays of light that produces life for the entire tree based on those leaves that are connected to the branch. And so the reason branches sometimes go out is to get a wider ray of a net to catch the sunlight so they can keep growing in life. And branches grow straight up tall so that they can get close to the sunlight. And that light can produce life within that organism, within that tree, within that living cell. Friends, last week we said that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And when you, come on, lift your branches towards the sun towards the Son of God, towards the light of the world. There is something that transpires of life that comes down. And when you begin to lift up your voice of praise and you worship and you lift up your branches and you begin to give God praise, the Son of God, the light of the world shines into your life and all of a sudden life begins to build up in you. Darkness has to flee because the light shows up. All because you made a decision to lift your branches high. Listen, when you worship and you extend your arms to the sky, you begin to soak up the sunlight, the light of the sun, the S-O-N, son of God, light of the world. Isaiah 55 and verse 12. I, I can't make this up. It's in scripture. You've got to catch this. For you shall go out with joy, be led forth with peace, The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing. And all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Friends, listen to me. Don't miss this. All of the sermon points to this one thought. Don't miss it. When when your life feels dark, lift the shade. Lift the shade of your life. Raise your hands toward the light. Something happens when you praise and worship 
God, when you lift your hands, as the Bible says to do, when you lift your voice and praise to God, it begins to shift the atmosphere. The temperature in the room literally begins to change and life begins to flow in and out of you and darkness cannot stand in that place. Isaiah 61 and verse three, and provide for those who grieve. God wants to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of your mourning and your grief and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Don't miss this. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Do you feel dark? Feel sad sometimes? Feel like you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Feel like all you're doing is arguing and griping and complaining? Feel like you feel like the world is getting darker and darker and darker? Lift the shade. Lift the shade. Lift the shade. Lift the shade. And let the light of the world in. His light is always shining. Doesn't matter the time of day. Doesn't matter because when you lift the shade, dawn begins to show up. Joy begins to come. Peace begins to fill your heart. Strength begins to fill. Courage begins to rise up. Why? Because the life of God beams down to you when you praise the Lord. In college, we had this thing. It was really weird, but we called it practicing the presence of God. I grew up in a charismatic environment, so that might not surprise some of you that we would have such a term. But here's all it meant. Any moment, any moment, any moment of the day, no matter how you're feeling, you can at any time enact the life of God in you simply by choosing to praise God. It looks something like this. Father, I lift my hands today, right now, and I just tell you how good you are. I decide to lift up a sacrifice of praise, Jesus. Jesus, your name is great. Your name is higher. You be the center of it all, God. Lord, I worship you here in this moment. I thank you that the light of the world fills my life and that life is filling my body right now. Sickness has to go. Depression has to go. Sadness goes all because I'm raising and lifting my hands. Jesus, I'm lifting the shade and I'm asking that your light would shine in me. And in that moment, things begin to change. Why? Because when light comes in, things get a little warmer. When light comes in, joy begins to show up. Things change. Friends, that's not because I'm a pastor that that works. That works because I'm a child of God who knows that I have the ability to lift the shade. Friends, lift the shade. Lift the shade. When you feel like life is the darkest, lift the shade, raise your hands and open your mouth and declare praise to God. I don't know what to say. Just say, Jesus, I love you. 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 you." There's something about the name of Jesus. Darkness must flee when you praise the name of Jesus. Some of you need to get worship as a, as a weekly habit in your life. I want to challenge you this week. Every day, spend five minutes singing, lifting your hands before the Lord. Don't do it while you're driving. You need a hand on the wheel. 
I don't know what music to listen to. Every week on the central hub, you go to this week, the sermon. At the bottom, there's a Spotify playlist you can hit play on right there. And it will play the worship songs that we sing this Sunday. Ready made, sing the songs that we sing this each Sunday. There's four of them. It'll be longer than five minutes. So maybe just pick one. If all you've got is five, just take the five and take a praise break. Take a praise break. Lift the shade and let the light of the world fill you with such life that darkness doesn't stand a chance when you're in the presence of God. Will you stand with me? Let's pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to understand something, friends. The more visible Jesus becomes, the more invisible sin becomes in your life. The more illumination of Jesus, the more sin is eliminated in your life. Some of you might be here in this room and you say, Pastor, I'm I'm not walking with God. I've never asked the light of the world. I feel I'm just completely surrounded by darkness. I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never asked for the light of the world to shine in my life. But today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life and I want to follow him. If that's something that you have in your heart that you say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Would you just put a hand in the air? We want to pray with you specifically today. Just put your hand in the air real quick. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Friends, let's all pray this together as we invite the light of the world, the savior of our hearts into our lives. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for coming to the earth for being my savior and my God. I believe in you. I surrender my life to you. I lift the shade and ask you to come in. Let your light fill my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Now, Father God, I pray for every person in this room this week. May we make a bold, out of our comfort zone, courageous next step. And may we be willing to take just five minutes to lift our hands and also lift our voice in worship to you, allowing the light to fill our lives. Thank you for it, Father. We're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Come on, let's rejoice today.